This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yes. Welcome to another episode of HFC Chat. There is no other way to start this podcast without saying long live the king. There is going to be a DC focus on this episode after the fantastic news that came out on Friday of a new deal in place lasting to the summer of 2024. More on this later, but we're also going to look back over our last two results with Mark Carroll joining us further on in the podcast. But first of all, let's look back on the last two results against Oldham and Exeter, the latter being yesterday's result. But to start with, we were both at Oldham, weren't we, Davo? Um, you know, it was a game very frustrating. We went there expecting to get the three points. Well, the majority of us, I would imagine, did. Um, a team that is in absolute turmoil off the pitch, a team that haven't been doing much on the pitch either, had really been struggling like we had away from home, but they were struggling overall and, and we were favourites for that going in, whatever anybody says. And I think just looking back at the game, moving forward, we didn't create enough in the final third. We really are missing Tyler Bury up there. Obviously, the new signings of Fondop um, came in and then Cup came on later on, but he started with Olomola and Fondop. And I'm not being funny, Fondup didn't look too bright, in my opinion. Um, Gary Little had an absolutely fantastic game. And, you know, at the back, he controlled things. And, and I thought that, as ever, he was he kept things together, really. He didn't see much of Stereo Ferguson coming down and getting balls in. Um, we started pretty brightly. And Luke Molyneux, I thought, was one of the bright sparks out of the team, to be honest. It's great that he's building his confidence. But I left the game extremely frustrated and disappointed that we hadn't managed to pick up the three points. But looking back on it, we stopped the rot away from home. We were really struggling. We hadn't picked up anything. And to come away with a point, I guess you could say, is a start. You know, it's a change um, in the pattern that we're on. And hopefully moving forward, um, when we travel to Stevenage next week, we'll be able to perhaps snatch a win there. I don't know what you thought, if you have anything to add on that, Davo, about Oldham. 
Well, I think you've pretty much covered it well. Um, like you say, we were all travelling there. Obviously, pretty you know enthusiastic that we could pick up our first three points on the road. Um, like you said, it wasn't a B. I think generally, I think it was a a poor week and all. You know, you're, we've reflected on the Sutton game in the last episode, but obviously we lost there earlier that week, and obviously. You know, going into that week, going you know, coming away from the Bristol Rovers game, I said to my dad, I said to you, and I said to a few people, I said, look, I said I'm confident six points out of six points this week going into next week. Um, look, we weren't great, Oldham. In all due respect, I thought played better than us. I thought mm-hmm. if anyone was going to score that game. I thought it was going to be them. I thought they were creating the more deadlier chances. I thought they were looking more vicious coming forward. Um, I know you've touched on Fond up a little bit there, which, look, I, I didn't criticise him. I, I haven't criticised him. Even yesterday, I thought the the service into him was poor. I just thought the whole creativity was, was poor. You know, we, we were struggling to get up the pitch and... Like, like you said, um, I thought Little had a cracking game at the back and I think that tells you about the game, really. And I do want to pay credit, actually, to the to the Oldham centre-back, Piagiani. I know people have said he was a bit rough around the edges, but I thought he was he had an absolute cracking game. He dealt with everything. He dealt with Fondop. I think, you know, I think that speaks volumes about the game, not the two best players, but probably centre-backs for either side. But, yeah, look, awful game. And moving on to yesterday's game, Exeter at home, as we know, finished one all. A game which I thought was massively improved upon compared to, to last week. Um, I thought we were looking very bright in the opening moments, the opening 15, 20 minutes. We were the much better side. We were having it all to say. And, you know, we were well rewarded with a great finish by, by Molyneux, obviously, a trademark for him getting the ball cutting in and finished beautifully on his left foot. And then obviously we we concede sloppily. I think generally as the game proceeded into the second half, I thought we we huffed and puffed and as the game went on to the, the later stages, I just thought Pills ran out of steam really. And it's quite funny actually, I know we're gonna talk a lot about Chandler, but I did I've got a bit of a negative thing to say. I thought I thought his game management was poor. I thought he had three substitutes getting ready with, what, five minutes to go. I didn't quite understand that. You know, we we looked to be tiring with 15, 20 minutes to go, so why not throw fresh legs on then? But I think and when it comes to when push comes to shove, sorry, I think a point was a well-deserved result. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't go to the game. I've seen bits on Twitter. First of all, big mention for Luke Molyneux. Um, you know, he's been pushed around in different positions. He's been clearly trying extremely hard to make himself, you know, one of the first names on the team sheet. And he's been one of the bright sparks the last few weeks, really. And we had a cracking game at Carlisle in the Cup. Um, he had a cracking game. I thought he was one of the bright sparks against Sutton. Um, again, against Oldham, I thought he, he was a positive player. He, he got forward, he tried to create something. And then yesterday he's managed to finally get on the score sheet. And I think that'll do his confidence that the world of good, really. 
Um, he's a player that I rate very highly, someone who I think once gets into his groove and gets a few goals or assists under his belt, is going to be really key moving forward. And I, I just hope that he can continue, um, continue with that type of form and ambition and motivation to to get to become a better player. I know it's difficult when you haven't really been given a, a position that you're solidly starting in week in, week out, but hopefully you can cement that moving forward. It's interesting you said there about Dave Chalner. Look, we all love the guy. We all have so much respect for him. We think he's an absolutely incredible manager, but that doesn't mean to say that we can't sometimes criticise what he does. And I've seen a lot of things on Twitter and heard from different people that his, his game management perhaps wasn't up to scratch yesterday. Um, I think even against Oldham and Sutton, I know we touched on this with the Sutton review, that he brought on players a little bit too late when it kind of needed them earlier on. And again, against uh, Oldham, I know he brought on Ogle again. He seems to like to do that in 70 minutes. I'm yet to personally see a really solid performance from Ogle. He hasn't added loads. I think he's got the potential. Um, but that's quite an interesting tactic for me that we're not seeing Cullen. We're not seeing Cook. Um, you know, we, we're at home. We should be going for it because that's where we've been playing our best football. And I think that's one slight disappointment. As you've touched on, obviously, you were at the game and from the people that I've spoken to that those changes could have been made earlier but that, as I've said that's not to say that you know we're extremely disappointed in Dave Dave's the manager we trust him to make the changes at the right time and sometimes you're going to get it wrong you know we're all human he's a football manager he's going to sometimes make a change that we don't agree with or not make any changes when we think there should be and I think that's just really important that we're all entitled to to criticism now and again and, and Dave perhaps will be thinking about that um, when he's reflecting back and analysing moving in the week whether he should have made changes but as you said it's another point it's a point at home we've got I did a piece um, earlier on in the week um, for Exeter actually just giving a, a view on the season so far and things and and I said we've got to realise we're in the football league Look, where we are we're seventh in the football league you cannot complain about that if you'd said to us at the start of the season after coming well approaching October you're going to be seventh in, in league two would have absolutely snapped your hand off for that and I think that's something that's got to be remembered and we've just got to keep that positive it's another game unbeaten at home and we move on to Stevenage next week where hopefully we can we can start to correct that away form. We now welcome Mark Carroll back onto the podcast and to start with could you please give us your thoughts on the last two outings please? Thanks for asking me back on. It's um, nice to speak to you both again. Um, the Oldham game, I don't think, I think it's going to be short and sweet talk about that game because I think very little happened on the pitch. It was it was more exciting off the pitch. Um, game itself, I probably think, really, really too noteworthy, noteworthy things to talk about is they're probably their best chance the first half where Angol saved a goal. Um, and then Mark Shelton's had it hit the post. And then I think after that, there was a lot of um, huff and puff. There wasn't a great deal of quality. Um, we didn't really threaten. Um, defended well. You know, got a little man of the match. Defence, you know, solid. Did, did what they had to do. 
but we were just a bit powered puff in the final third. And, uh, you know, at the start of the game, I wanted the three points, but I think we have to be a bit pragmatic and say at the end of the game, a point was probably fair because neither team really set the game alight. Um, moving on to yesterday, much, much better performance. Um, you know, the, obviously, the, you know, you shouldn't take it for granted, but the crowd were fantastic again. Um, I thought we started the game well. In, we got the goal we, we deserved. It was good to see Molyneux score because he's a player we've all talked about and wondering what his best position in the team is. Um, so he's, he's, he's case no harm by scoring that goal. Um, but extra are a good team and they've, they've always been sort of up and about the playoffs in League 2 the last few years. Um, and they had a spell. They're going to have a spell in the game and Unfortunately, we couldn't sort of get the half time um, without, without conceding. You know, he, not always take apart goals you concede, and there's probably a few things that could have done better leading up to them equalising. But um, you know, one two went to downhearted at half time. It's all to play for. But second half, neither keeper really had a great deal to do. I'd, I'd argue that we were better in the second half in Exeter. But there wasn't a great deal of clear cut chances. There was, you know, crosses coming in the box, which sort of been there for you know for majority of the season. Good balls going in, but not not having anybody in there really with that sort of instinct to to be a poacher that we may have, we could have maybe sneaked the game. But I think we have to just accept that you know we've we're unbeaten at home still. You know we've got a draw. We've won four. We've got one one draw out of five. So. I'm pretty pretty satisfied with that. I think it was probably a fair result, and you know, as Dave Chandler said, I think if we can if we can sort of finish around Exeter, I think we've had an extremely good season. Yeah, I mean, a huge announcement came out on Friday, didn't it, with DC signing a new long term deal till 2024. From your perspective, just how much has he changed his club for the good? You know, how positive is it to have him tied down to a longer term contract, and, and what are your hopes for the future under him? Right, I think it was huge. I think for not just from a football, but from a business side, which which Rising obviously is, it makes sense on both fronts. You know what he's done on the football side. Just look back, just look back to sort of Craig Hignett, um, Matthew Bates in charge. You know Craig Harrison. Okay, some of them, some of them are in charge in difficult times. But look at the sort of football we were playing, and we didn't really have any hope, did we? You know that we were going to do anything. Um, he's come in. And he's not even been here two years. I think it's his two-year anniversary next month, I think, or October, November time. And it's just been totally transformed even before COVID hit. And, you know, we were we were sort of on the out, outside the playoffs going into the last sort of month or so of the season before COVID stopped the whole season. We'd made, we'd made great strides even just in sort of six months. Um, then last season... Uh, well, just it was just incredible, wasn't it? You know, behind closed doors for ninety percent of the season to do what we've done. Um, he's just transformed. He's, he's performed a miracle in football terms. He's performed a miracle. I don't think um, there'd be many managers that Hartlepool could get with the budget he had, um, competing against some of the big budgets in the national league to do what he achieved. Um, quite incredible and. The bond he's got between himself and the supporters is the only, the only previous manager I can think of is Neil Cooper had that sort of a bond between the, the fans. Um, there's been plenty of good managers I can remember, but 
that didn't that didn't sort of have that um, outgoing um, attachment to the support. So Moyes and Chiefs are credible. I think that it was massive to get him signed. He's obviously got the insurances he wanted to because I think what he wants as much as he can do on the pitch what he can do. I think like anything, he needs to know that the people behind him in the background in the offices and on the admin side and everything, all that has to be, you know, on a par with what he's what, what he's mm. doing. Because when he when he first came in, you know, he's managing a national league team, but the the background was all sort of almost like a League One standard. And all that stuff and everything got, you know, got dismantled. So I think he just wants to know that, you know, he's doing his work and it's going to be matched by the background. So fantastic to get him signed up. For me, I think, with him in charge, um, you know, we've, we, we, can, we can look up, we can look forward, um, you know, maybe he's not this season, maybe he's in this season or two to come. I think he'll have us challenging at the, the top end of the league too. Um, and he can do that. He's proven he can do that with not the budget. Um, it's just about stabilising the club now in this level and, and making sure we um, we continue to go forward. Just to finish up, Mark, is there any specific moments in mind that stand out for you whilst under DC? Yeah, well, think about when I saw you tweet, and there's plenty of moments I think we can talk about on like match match days, you know, football games you've won with them in charge. But I was just thinking that I didn't see it at the time because for obvious reasons we were celebrating at uh, Ashton Gate. But when they watched the match back the the next day, um, it was just a moment at the end of the game where Dave Charlton and his family were beside the pitch and they're all in an embrace, and it's just a really special moment. It's a special moment for them. Um, and it's just it just shows you what it, you know what it Harper United means to us, but it means to to him and his family that you know we've we've embraced them and how much it means to to them to see success. Because I can remember obviously Dave Chandler um, lost the playoff final for Fylde, um, so it was even sweeter. So just to see that that was a special moment for me, just seeing what it meant to them. Yeah, I mean that's one thing that I hadn't seen myself. And he's talked about it in his, um, you know, after the match in his interview, he said how much it meant to have his family's support and things. And you've hit the nail on the head with the fact that he's so, it is like a family once again. Like they feel valued, we value them, you know, they value us as well, the support. I know I've seen Kate and Ellis and the kids at games and for wider family. And, you know, it must be must be special for them to see how much we love Dave and, you know, the chant that we've got out for him now and things, it, it must just be a really special environment for them to be in. And it's great that, you know, it's paying off um, the time that he's invested. And obviously with his travel as well, he, he's not from the Hartlepool side of things and he's having to travel over. So for him to have that success and for him to feel, feel that valued must be quite, um you know, quite a satisfying thing for Dave. But thanks for coming on, Mark, and, and giving you view on, on the last two games and also the big news of Dave signing his new contract. Thanks for having me on. So Mark kindly gave his favourite moment uh, under DC from his time at the club so far, just before. Um, and we also had Paul McSweeney who got in touch and he said there isn't 
really isn't a favourite moment ever since he's come into the club. He's progressed the club, stopped the rock, cleared the deadwood and we rose quietly. And we are now back in the Football League. He's an unsung hero of managers across lower league. And now the Football League. And I don't think anyone can argue with that one. So a bit more background before we go on to DC. We've had two new board members join. That was announced um, on Saturday morning as Adrian Bevington and Lee Russ have taken up uh, roles at the club. Lee's going to be, he's been working with the board actually and supporting the club's operations in various capacities over the 12 months. And he's formally going to take up a position as a senior advisor to the board with helping with longer term business planning, as well as continuing to support rollout of some specific commercial and sporting undertakings as the club more immediately looks to establish itself sustainably in the EFL. And then we've also got Adrian, um, who's going to be joining as a non-executive director, who's going to support on various matters, primarily in an advisory capacity. And he'll be included in his work with Lee and Dave to re-establish the academy and recruitment systems, which have been recognised as key components for the club to progress both in football and financial terms. And he's also going to support the stadium development plans that have been talked about um, through his networks and contracts. Contacts, sorry. But back on to the announcement that came out on Friday night of Dave Chandler signing his new long-term deal that will run out in the summer of 2024. This is absolutely massive. And Raj has had a say on there. He's absolutely delighted to finally see Dave sign his new contract, something that's been talked about for some time. And in the background, myself and Lee Rust have been working very hard to secure Dave for some time now. I know the fans have been eagerly awaiting this announcement. It's fantastic to finally break that news. I also know that some of the fans were concerned that we wouldn't secure Dave Dave, sorry, and I'm equally I'm pleased to be able to put those doubts to bed. It was very important for the club to secure the correct contract with Dave that is manageable, but also puts another absolutely critical piece of the jigsaw in place for the years to come. I mean, Davo, everybody knows this is an absolutely fantastic bit of it's a massive sign and massive coup for the club. Um, I know the deal's till 2024 and people say, well, if he keeps going how he is, then he might not be there in 2024. But as Mark alluded to, you know, having that security of him tied down into that deal is absolutely massive, you know, both for us as fans and the club, but also financially for him, because if a club does come in, they're going to have to pay some money and hopefully it'll be a good amount. Um, in terms of key moments that have stood out, they've been so many under Dave he's the first manager in the time that I've been supporting the club that really has you know excited me has really wanted me to what make me want to watch the team because of the way he's got them playing football it's actual proper football as well and the way he's widened his networks for the club with bringing in players from different clubs that we perhaps wouldn't have looked at before like Stoke or Derby is absolutely fantastic there's so many, as I've said, key moments that I could pick, but I'm, I'm not going to pick just one um, because it, it's so hard to do that. I mean, I think overall that just the connection, Mark touched on this, the connection that he's got between us as fans and, and you know, their family as well. It's absolutely massive and it's special and it's great to see at the end of the game, everybody sticks around and comes over if we've 
one and he does his big fist pump, but he comes over anyway because he realises what this club means to us. And I think that's absolutely huge for a manager um, to do that. So, Davo, I'm going to ask you the same question. I don't know whether you have any specific moments uh, in, your, in your mind, but are there any that stand out specifically for you? I mean, funnily, um, I was just thinking there about what you've just said about the connection that's being established now between the fans, between and the manager himself. I think, like you've just said, I think it's magic. And in my time following pools, I mean, I don't know about anyone else who's been going longer than me, but I've never, ever seen it in, in my life following pools. I think it's, it is just magical to see, like you've, like you've just touched on there, the fact that he comes over and it's almost customary now for him to come over and, you know, you get the the fist bump from him, at, you know, and it was quite funny because I was on, I was scrolling through uh, Twitter last night um, after the game and I'd seen a tweet actually, it was from a Newcastle fan saying basically how jealous he is that we as a club have this connection, we have the atmosphere, we have the banners and, you know, he was basically saying he just wish he could have seen that or could have that experience as well up at St James's. But in terms of a, a standout moment, I think for me, I'm worth, there's only one and I think it's the biggest moment in our club's recent history and, and that was the fact that he managed to get us to Ashton Gate and mm. he, as well, as well as the players, managed to get us back to where we've been striving to be for the last four years and that's back to the Football League. So, yeah, it's got to be the playoff final. Everything that happened the night before, the things that happened during it and after it, and the weeks following it, I think, was just absolutely unbelievable. And to see the town so connected and to see the atmosphere, the hype, you know, the parade, I think it was magical. So, for me, it's, it's got to be that. And that wraps things up for today's episode. So, thank you so much for listening. And, as always, for showing your continued support. It is really very much appreciated by myself and Jack. And if you haven't already, then please make sure to head to our socials where you can keep up to date with our podcast and all things pools. It's at HFC Chat on Twitter and Hartlepool United News on Facebook. And until the next episode, keep the faith, never say die, and long live the king. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.